Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's honor to welcome you here to North Stars. We kick off this Christmas season. How many of you go, I am ready for Christmas? Raise your hand. How many of you go, I am not ready for Christmas? Raise your hand. Oh, yeah. How many of you go, I didn't know it was Christmas? All right, and so I, you, need to be, you need to be alarmed. But we're really glad you're here. It's the start of a busy, busy season here at North Star, but it's a great season, and it's a great time to dive in, to get plugged in. You know, every week we say our mission here at North Star, we're gonna do a little uh, fact check here on you, is to help people find their way very good. Well, part of being home is being family. Just a few minutes ago, we had 25 at our North Star newcomers. I got to say hello to out in the lobby that are beginning that process. Well, this past week was a big week in our city here in Ackworth. And I want to announce a couple things, and I want you to let them know how proud you are. And this past Thursday, one of our guys here that really got plugged in and began to grow in his walk with the Lord is now our city manager here in Ackworth. And he was voted, he's one of our men's small group leaders as well, he was voted the Ackworth Business Person of the Year, Mr. James Albright. We were so proud of James, so proud of James. And then Thursday night, I got to go to the, to the, it was a big night in our city because they swore in our new police chief. So the outgoing police chief, Chief Dennard, has been a huge part of North Star here for the last couple of years and a great friend to me and a great friend to our church. But the incoming chief, Jesse Evans, is also part of our North Star family. And Jesse was sworn in as our new police chief here in our area. Would you let these guys know how proud you are of them? It was a really, really neat night. It was neat to sit there and go, all right, Lord, you, you've put the right people in the right places for the right season. And so be praying for them during this time. So also, we wanted to let you know today, so the, the end of the week got a little crazy as well. We found out that our mailbox that is located right on Blue Springs Road has had some people uh, besides us getting into the mailbox and we have had checks stolen, we think, dating back to June. And so uh, somebody has just, I guess they need a good way to make income. And so they have decided to get into our box and steal. So if you have handwritten a check to North Star, mailed it, or your bank has mailed a check, here's what I want you to do. And I know Jamie sent out an email about this. Go and check your giving statement on CCB to make sure that, those checks got here. So we're like, oh, that's awful. And then we found out three of Ananias' checks didn't make it. And one of them got cashed by somebody that I had heard there's a guy named Rip would be a good security guy. But anyways, so, uh, I'm sure he'll take care of. But, but three of our checks were stolen. One of them was cashed. The other ones we stopped payment on. And the bank worked with us, stopped payment on those checks. So I say all that to say, Check your statements. I don't want you to get there in 2023 and do your uh, taxes and go, holy smokes, North Star didn't take any of my checks or my checks that got cash didn't show up. You need to go check that. The easiest way to give to cut that out is northstarchurch.org slash give or North Star Church app. You can give right on the app and that goes directly in. So I say that to say, your giving means the world to us. And I will be honest, it royally t 
ticks me off that somebody would do that. But we'll, we'll leave that. we got a new police chief, all right? So his first order of business, find who's getting in the box. But anyways, and so it's, it's pretty crazy, um, pretty crazy, but, but we think it's a substantial sum of money. We think it's a substantial sum of money. So just stay on guard. We're going to change our mailbox to a P.O. box this week, and that way we won't even have it out there on, Fort, on Blue Spring. So all that to say, that has nothing to do with Christmas. So I want you to do me a favor. Take out your Bibles. Turn to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 2. We're going to begin this Christmas series reading what I believe is the Christmas story we all grew up hearing and we grew up reciting. We grew up seeing done in plays. And I've invited one of our North Star kids that's going to come up, Mr. Grayson Albers. Grayson is a sixth grader at McClure out in Paulding County, and Grayson's going to read for us this morning. So would y'all stand with me today in honor of the reading of the word? Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod, about the time some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting with the leading priests and teachers of the religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote, and you, O Bethlehem and land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come for you who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then King Herod called a meeting with the wise men. He learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem, search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It was ahead of them and it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. They bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Would you all pray with me? Father, today, bless the reading of your word. Bless our time in your word. And Father, today, may we find Jesus here. And I pray it in his name. Amen. Would you all let Grayson know what a great job he did today? Woo! Take a second. Turn around to somebody around you. Welcome to North Star, and you can grab a seat. Great job, baby. Christmas is a lot of things. In fact, I remember vividly growing up, Christmas always began. You really start thinking about Christmas in December. That's when you started thinking about Christmas. You started to get out your decorations, you started to get out the stuff, started thinking about shopping. How many of you, Christmas begins in your home, and we're, this is a judgment-free zone, all right? And so Christmas begins in your home before Thanksgiving. Raise your hand. How many of you, you still had pumpkins and trick-or-treaters on the porch when Christmas began in your home? Oh, yeah, that's right. Anne was waiting. She was just waiting. I said, listen, baby, I love you. We've been married a long time. All I'm going to ask is you will let the trick-or-treaters leave the porch before the Christmas stuff came out. The next day, we started decorating for Christmas, and then the infamous 
Hallmark movies have appeared on the Lynch television. And so can I let you know, if you've not seen them yet this year, 2022 is the same as 2021, 2020, 2019. There's a single guy in an inn, and there's a single girl. He's stranded. All right, it's amazing. It's crazy. And they meet, and I said the other day, one was on, and, and I said, so is like she going to leave him for the other guy in town? She's like, no, there's never a bad day in a Hallmark movie. All right, and so, but you got the Hallmark movie thing going on. You got a shopping list going on. You got parties. We've got something every night of the week. It's crazy. And in the middle of all the clutter of Christmas, it's possible to miss what Christmas is really all about. Today, we begin this series and we're calling it Finding Jesus because the whole point of Christmas was these wise men finding Jesus and the whole point of Christmas for you is you finding Jesus. What a tragedy it would be to come to a service, to attend and watch things and miss the story behind the story. So if you got a pen or pencil to write with, you got some notes on the way in. If you've got thumbs, uh, you can type into your uh, North Star notes there in the North Star app, North Star Church, Georgia, in the app store. And by the way, little shameless plug, it is the best way to keep up because not only the notes in there, all all the information you hear us talk about on stage, all that is in there with all the Christmas Eve stuff. It's craziness. So let's talk about today. What does it mean to find Jesus? Because we've grown up reading Matthew chapter two. But behind the scenes in chapter two, there's a lot of stuff going on, right? It's, it's sort of that, hey, let's call time out. Let me tell you the story behind the story of what was going on. Principle number one, we learn. We have this story because of one faithful person. I love this. We have this story because of one faithful person. We know that Jesus was born in a little manger. We also know that about two years later, so fast forward two years, while they're living in a home, that these three, we, they say three wise men, but they were wise men, magi, they showed up bearing gifts for this newborn king. It's a pretty crazy story. We know they came from the east. We know that they were from Persia, Magi, if you're taking notes today, Magi were basically astrologers of the day. They were the ones that studied the stars. They were, they were the brightest and the most intellectual of all the kids of their society. And these guys, these wise men, found their way to Jesus. But here's the crazy part. They didn't just get to Jesus. So the, the society they came from was a pretty much a godless society. It was a society that was around um, the worship of the day and what was going on. But they found their way to Jesus because of one faithful person. We know him from a story we read in the Old Testament and his name was Daniel. We know him from the story of Daniel and the what den? The lion's den, right? That's the story. So let me, let me back you up a little bit on Daniel. Daniel, his family was a royal family there in Jerusalem. 
when they were ransacked by the Babylonians and the Persians in about 600 BC, they basically destroyed Jerusalem. They destroyed it. And the king at the time, he took the exile, he took all the ones that didn't get killed and he put them in servitude to him. And they went from Jerusalem all the way back to the Persian Empire. And he began to basically turn all these young exiles from, from Israel. He turned them into the worship of the day. In fact, he set up a golden idol of himself that everyone in that society was to bow down to. And this young man named Daniel never forgot what his mom and dad had taught him. And here he is in the middle of a pagan society standing for what's right. Look, look with me, Daniel chapter 2. Then the king, so the king's name was Nebuchadnezzar. My dad, the very first time he ever taught that to a Sunday school class, called him Nebuchadnezzar. But anyways, so... Still funny. All right. The king, Nebuchadnezzar, he appointed Daniel to a high position and he gave him many valuable gifts. He made Daniel ruler over the whole province of Babylon as well as the chief over all the wise men. So here's Daniel. Daniel never forsook who he was or how he was raised. We know that Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow down. We know that Daniel was putting the lion's den. They were thrown in the fiery furnace, but yet he could interpret dreams. So the king doesn't know what to do with him. He, in fact, served three kings, Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, and Darius. He ended up serving for three administrations. And they said, we don't know what to do with Daniel but all we know is whatever Daniel touches turns out well. And they put him in charge of the wise men. These wise men, way later, know the story of a coming Messiah. Everybody look at me. Because of a young man named who? Who was faithful when it wasn't easy to be faithful. Who stayed true when it wasn't easy to be true, who chose the right way when it was hard to take the right way. One faithful believer changed the course of what we know as the Bible now because these wise men, they brought their gold, their frankincense, myrrh, which we'll talk about another week, but they found their way because of a young man who was faithful. When you wonder if your life matters, I'm telling you, the darker the night, the more God's behind the story. And don't think your influence doesn't matter. What if Daniel had said, you know what, I just, I'm a nobody. I'm serving a pagan administration who doesn't care about the God that I care about. So I'm going to call time out. I'm going to shift into neutral. And I'm just going to sit here and wait it out. Daniel chose to, what to do and to do what was right when it was hardest. And I want you to write this little lesson we learn. Most of us find Jesus through the influence of a faithful believer. We end up where we end up because of somebody who was faithful. 
Somebody who walked it. Somebody who lived it. Somebody that cared. Somebody that never took a day off. We sit in this room today because of the influence. One, if you were here last week, Scotty, our guest, who was phenomenal, he talked about the gloriously ordinary. The gloriously ordinary person who just in the seat they've been put in makes a difference for people. I was with a good friend the other night, and he was talking about his high school football coach, and he said, outside my father, this man invested and meant more to my life than anybody else. It's the effect of one. How many of you, when you sit in this room today, and I say there's somebody that influenced you in who you are today, you can think of a person's name. Raise your hand. Isn't it crazy? How many of you would say most people would not even know who they were? Raise your hand. Daniel wasn't doing anything special. Daniel was just living out his faith. Point number two, ties directly in to point number two. Many fulfilled prophecies. So Daniel would sit down with these wise men, these magi, and he would talk to them. He would teach them about astrology and he would teach them about the stars. That's how they navigated. That's how they found their way. That is how they got from point A to point B. And he taught them all those things. But in the middle of those things, he taught them, most scholars think, he taught them about the coming Messiah and how scripture talked from the beginning all about this coming king. So in a secular land, in a pagan world, these young men had grown up hearing the story about a coming Messiah. They were not in Jerusalem. They were far east of Jerusalem. This area now is modern-day Iran. It's basically, so if you want to think of where Persia was back then, it's modern-day Iran and these guys grow up here and look, look at some of the prophecies they heard about. They heard about he'd be born of a virgin. The book of Genesis talks about it. Isaiah talks about it. That this coming king was gonna be different. He's gonna be born of a virgin. Well, Mike, what's the significance of that? Well, it bypassed the sin nature, right? The seed of man, the fall of Adam. He bypassed that sin nature. And they these guys knew. I mean, they all pointed back to it. He would come as God and man. He would be a God-man. He would be one that is 100% God, yet 100% man. They had heard the readings from what Daniel wrote in Daniel 7. He'd come as a king, Psalm tells us. Not an earthly king, but a kingdom not of this world. He'd come to die, Isaiah 53. If you ever go back and read Isaiah 53, you read the, the story of the scourgings and, and all the things that were prophecies. There were prophetic words written hundreds of years before the time of Christ that came to fruition. And he would come, Numbers tells us, with the sign of a star. So as these astrologers would look up, they saw this star, and I wondered if they looked at each other and said, I wonder if this is the star that Daniel spoke about. So Jesus is probably about two years old 
at the point they show up. They didn't show up the night he was born in the manger. This journey took about two years for them to get from where they were to where he was. And these guys show up and look at who they run into. Matthew 2, verse 4. It's going to pop up on the screen. Herod, the king, he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law. And he said, so where is the Messiah supposed to be born? Remember, Herod is a, we're going to talk about him here in a second, but Herod's not a good dude, all right? Herod is, is, um, is a rough king, and he is of Roman descent, and he cares nothing about the ways of the Jews, but he hears about this, and he said, so where is this Messiah supposed to be born? And they said, well, in Bethlehem in Judea, for this is what the prophet wrote, and they're quoting out of the book of Micah, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Here's our lesson. God inspired scripture to show us the truth about Jesus. God inspired scripture to show us the truth about Jesus. And I want you to write under number two, and we're going to call time out and step out of the story and step into real life here real quick. I want you to write this little quote down, and we're going to talk. It was the picture God always keeps his promises. Would you write that down? He always keeps his promises. He doesn't sometimes keep his promises. God always keeps his promises. These prophecies that were foretold for hundreds of years before the time of Christ, let me tell you something, they were impossible to manufacture. They were impossible to do. But when God makes a promise, he always keeps his promises. No matter how bleak, no matter how dark, you're coming out of an age for the Jews where they hadn't heard the voice of the Lord in years. Things looked impossible. Things looked dark. In fact, it may be how you find your life right now. It's a tough season. I had a funeral yesterday afternoon for a family. As soon as this gets over today, I will not be able to greet down front. I gotta slip out, put on a suit. I still own one. All right, so I'll, I'll slip out, put on a suit, and I've gotta get over to Westcott for another funeral this afternoon, it's a tough season. Aren't you thankful God still keeps his promises? Aren't you thankful that life isn't all that there is? Ladies and gentlemen, we live in a tough world. Would y'all agree with that? We live in a tough world. It ain't good news world. It's a tough world. You Alabama fans are hoping for a good news world, but I, I, can't, I can't make any promises, right? It is a, it's a tough world. God always keeps his promises. These magi, you think about these guys. These are the brightest, they're the best. And Daniel had taught somebody who had taught somebody who had taught somebody who taught them. Let me tell you about my God. One day there's gonna be a star. And one day there's gonna be a Messiah. Can you imagine the night they saw the star and said, hey boys, we need to get our gifts rounded up. It's time to go. And they began this journey 
And when they get there, <laughs> this is like the, have you ever, okay, we're gonna be nice, but, but let's just talk about it. How many of you have somebody in your family that when somebody new to your family, you hope they don't, they're not the person they meet first? All right, have y'all, anybody got like somebody, like, don't point, all right, but you know what I'm talking about. So you got that person in your family. Herod is the worst person to meet. And it's the first person they meet. Point number three, ready? There's a big problem. So there's a faithful servant. There's fulfilled prophecies. So God does all this work and he gets the guys there and they run into King Herod. He's known as Herod the Great. He was great. He was known as Herod the Great because of all the, the mass of kingdoms and all the work he had done. But really, he could have been known as Herod the Paranoid. Herod thought everybody was out to get him. Herod was always looking for trouble. And Herod hears there's a new king being born. And Herod's radar goes up. Herod hears there's a new king. So here's, here, here's how Herod chooses to deal with it. He's going to kill any child under the age of two just to make sure and eradicate the problem. That's how Herod dealt with it. That tells you about who Herod was. Look, look at his dialogue that goes on with these guys. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. He learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem, search carefully for him. And when you come back, when you find him, come back and tell me so I can go and worship him too. All right, time out real quick. Did Herod have any intention of going to worship this new king? No. He just wanted to know where he was. God came to the wise men in a dream and told them of Herod's intentions and they went home a different way than they had come. That's the difference between me and the wise men. I would have gone home a different way because I have no sense of direction, but they went home a different way because they avoided having to go back and tell King Herod. There's a problem. Isn't it funny when things look the bleakest, God's most at work? I want you to think about this story. Here's our lesson. God will use whatever means necessary to bring us to Jesus. God will use whatever means necessary to bring us to Jesus. So let's, let's, let's trace this story back real quick. God creates man. He creates Adam and he creates who? Who? Eve, perfect, perfect world. They fall, they sin. God has to redeem it. So God says, here's what humanity is worth to me. I want you to get this now. Humanity is worth what's most valuable to me. My son, who's been with God since the beginning. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Three in one. 
So God concocts this plan that he's going to send his son to be born of a virgin, Mary, a teenager, who's betrothed, not wed, betrothed to a young man named Joseph. So his son's going to leave the perfection of heaven and come to the dirtiness and scum of this earth. The night that he was born, he was laid in a feeding trough. Not a beautiful little rustic, no, 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 it was a, where the animals would eat out of. He would basically live in obscurity through the age of 30, being raised by a faithful man who had every reason to have left, and a mom. At the age of 30, he has this coming out party, and Scotty talked about last week how the Lord said, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased, and he began his earthly ministry, and for three years, the world didn't clamor for him to be anything other than dead. His disciples wanted him to be the king, but the earthly rulers didn't. The religious leaders hated him. From the very first day of ministry, they sought and plotted to kill him. And finally, they had enough evidence. And we know that he was arrested. We know it was a sham trial. We know on a Friday, he was stripped he was beaten and he was sent up a hill with a big old cross on his shoulder. And then he was hung for the world to laugh at, for the world to mock. The Bible says they spit on him. The Bible says that they gambled for his clothes. And it wasn't like he was way up there. He was about six feet off the ground. He's literally eye level. When he breathed his last, they laid him in a borrowed tomb. He did not he didn't own a tomb. He's laid in a borrowed tomb. And on Sunday morning, he got up. And the resurrection happened. And the stone was rolled away, not so he could get out, but so we could see in. And everything changed. God said, here's what you're worth. You're worth me giving up my boy so you can be home with me one day. There's a precious lady sitting in this room right now her and her incredibly awesome husband watched him go home to be with the Lord a few years ago and began that difficult journey. And there was a change in her. And I said, what changed? And she said, when I realized Jesus gave up my boy, his boy, so my boy could be home with him, everything changed. That's what it means to find Jesus. Some of you wandered in this room today. You don't really know why you're here. 
It's Christmas. We need to go back to church. Or maybe you came and watched these kids singing. You're the grandparent. Faith is really nothing that's important in your life. You were just like a man who sat right there. You came to watch his preschooler grandson sing. After the service, he came up, he introduced himself to me. Ended up coming to know, he was in his 60s at that point. Ended up coming to know Christ. Getting baptized at the lake. And I remember him sitting in my office one day going, I want to begin a ministry for guys that are struggling called Helping One Guy. His name was Bob Kelly and his son sits right there. He came to see his grandson sing and you know what he found? Jesus. And he's blessed hundreds of lives. I want you to hear me. Don't miss Jesus. Christmas is all about finding Jesus. We'll throw out road signs. We will give out gifts. We will do everything necessary to help you find your way home. Why? Because that's what Christmas is all about. These magi, these wise men, they found the one they were looking for. In my prayers, you find him too. Would you pray with me? Father, I pray we never get over the story of Jesus. God, I pray it burns in us. I pray as we're out and about and we have these cards and we have, it's not just, oh, I need to send somebody. No, 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 no. Somebody is gonna split hell wide open if they don't meet him. God's all about Jesus. Maybe today you walked in here and you're like, Mike, I don't have Jesus. I'm in my 60s, I'm in my 50s, I'm in my 30s, I'm in my teens. My friends have a faith, I don't have one. Mike, it's like every light bulb went off for me this morning. God, this is all about you. Boy, if that's you here today, it would be my absolute joy and honor to introduce you to the one you've been looking for all along, Jesus. Nobody moving, nobody getting up. But as you sit there in your row this morning, or you watch online this morning, and you say, Mike, I don't know Jesus. I... You ask me about, I, you ask me about heaven. I don't even, I don't even know. I, I want to be there, but I don't know. Well, I'd love to introduce you to him. Really, it, it, it's nothing more than just the cry of our heart. Dear Lord Jesus, would you pray that with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I need you. I believe you lived for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose again just for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my personal Lord and Savior today. Boy, in the quietness of this moment, I'm looking, nobody else is looking, but I want to celebrate with you. 
I'm going to count to three. When I hit three, if today you ask Jesus in your heart for the first time, I want you to lift up your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. If that's you here today and you prayed that prayer with me for the first time today, will you slip your hand up? You just slip it up. You can slip it right back down. Amen. Amen. Boy, if you prayed that prayer with me this morning, you put your hand up. Welcome home. That little card on the corner of your bulletin today, if you'll put your name and information on it and said, I accepted Jesus, you can drop it in the live sent box on the way out or hand it to a hospitality person. Now, Father, today, may we be, may we be that faithful believer in the life of someone else to help them find their way home. Thank you for making a way. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.